0: Hello everyone! I feel like I start every episode this literally the same way. Um, except for this time, I'm winded because I just ran up the stairs. Um oh my gosh, catch your breath, Alicia. Why did I just not wait to start this? I don't know. Anyways, um it's allergy season, baby. Every season of the year is allergy season for me. If I sound a little stuffy, that's why. I just shot up some FloNas um up my nose. And uh, if you've never tried Flonase and you have allergies, it's a, I wouldn't say it's magic because nothing completely cures me, but the last couple of weeks have been absolutely plagued by, everyone says I say plagued, 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 P-L-A-G-U-E-D, plagued. Anyways, the last couple of weeks of my life have been plagued by my eyelid eczema. This is a battle I have been fighting for pretty much all of my life, I think, um, and uh, it's really, really kicked in full speed ahead the last couple of weeks, which is interesting because I I have flare-ups here and there of eczema like in random places, I, I mean, ever since I was a kid, but when I lived in Arizona for six years, it really wasn't that bad, which is probably due to the sun and the heat and everything like that. But this is my first winter living back in Washington, and obviously the climate's very different. So I don't know if it's just because it's cold and the heat's always on inside and everything just really dry. But I'm not kidding you. Every morning, I've just been waking up, which my left eye is way worse than my right eye. So I just look even more funky because of that. But I wake up and my eyes are like swollen shut every morning. They have like 50 folds in my eyelids. It's just not a pretty sight. It's also a little bit painful, so that's awesome. But this is, like I said, I've been fighting this off for like three weeks. Normally, in the past, when I've had like a patch of eczema on my eyelid, I just lather up some aquaphor for a couple days and it usually gets rid of it. This time, just couldn't beat it until my coworker recommended a product to me that I had actually never heard of. I had to get it on Amazon. I'm completely blanking. What's it called? Something cream. <laughs> I don't remember. I'll find it and tell you by the end of this episode. It has absolutely changed my life. It has solved all of my problems. It's the same consistency as Aquaphor, but it's not nearly as greasy or sticky. Like it I don't know, it kind of melts into your skin. Anyways, two days of putting that on my eyelids and I'm I'm freaking good to go. So, thank the Lord cuz I was about to schedule some appointments with my dermatologist. Anyway, it's been a whole debacle, but here we are. I'm thriving as much as possible when you live with just horrible allergies all the time. But I'm here. I'm here now and we're going to talk about some very chipper topics today. I titled this episode Death, Grief, and Dying Things, um which I'm not going to get too deep into it just because I'm not qualified for that. But <laughs> but it's just been something That's been on my mind a lot lately in the last couple of months. I will admit that I've already recorded this podcast once, or I've tried, and it just didn't happen for me. I think I was trying to base it way too much on the things that I've been trying to learn about these topics versus my actual experience, and to be honest, this podcast is supposed to be about, not about me, but, well, it is, I mean, you know, (laughs) but It's supposed to be from my perspective. And so I think that it just didn't come naturally to me when I was trying to put other people's words in my mouth to like try and encompass these themes better than I could, I guess, by sharing my own personal experience. Anyways, so we're trying again. Like I kind of have to. It's so dumb because I want to come to these recordings prepared to talk about things, but Usually the best episodes in my mind are like when I have, okay, I'm going to talk about this and then I just freaking send it. Sometimes I can go on some tangents. But anyways, I think it's hard too because the topic of grief is, well, really big. I'm learning it encompasses so many different emotions um, versus like sadness or disappointment. Like grief itself is so many things and it's different for everyone. And so I think I'm a little bit fearful when I approach this topic because I want to put the right language around it and I want to make sure that what I'm saying is not going to like traumatize anybody or, you know, trigger anybody. I want it to be um, right, but I think maybe that defeats the purpose of of this. Like I've said in the past, this is me attempting to explore things that I don't understand or that I'm trying to grasp better and I'm just kind of doing it live and out loud in front of all of you. That's kind of risky, but anyways. <laughs> so, it's not going to be like crazy, sad, sad, sad. It's just been something I I wanted this season to be about the things that I'm kind of grappling with and and what would be my journal entries and what questions would I be asking at that point in my life. So, anyways, that's why I'm trying to speak about this topic because I mean, looking back since the start of COVID, I think it's just been marked by a lot of loss um, for everybody. And how do we wrestle with that? How do we, like, where do we go when we experience these things? And like I said, I think it's different for everybody. That's kind of what we're going to get into this episode. So something that's actually helped me kind of get some understanding around just this idea of loss grief, death. Things that are still dying but haven't died yet. I've shared with you before two books that have really been significant to me in the last six months of my life. I I keep saying six months, but at this point, it's like almost 12 months. (laughs) Like for some reason, the last year has been marked by me moving home. Like that was just such a transitional time for me. And so then I moved home to Washington in June of last year, maybe the end of May. No, June. And for some reason, I still feel as far away from it as I did in August or September. And I keep saying like the last six months, blah, blah, blah. But it's like literally at this point, it's the last 12 months of my life. I've been learning and I'm still anyways. So it's just like a (laughs) side note. But I keep catching myself saying that. I don't know why (laughs) that's like a thing. But um. Two books that have really stood out to me, I've shared before, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart, which breaks down all of the emotions that we feel and kind of gives an language and context and honestly has been really eye-opening to me because I think we tend to just kind of group emotions together or use them interchangeably when really they're all such a unique experience. And it helps not only for us to understand ourselves, but to understand other people. And um and to honestly, like I said, be able to put words to and not always exactly, but to put words to the things that we're going through and and she just says everything so beautifully and powerfully. The other book is inward by young Pueblo. it's like a a collection of his poems, and they're all kind of like inward reflection, and they just all have really resonated with me, which this one from that book. He says, Before I could release the weight of my sadness and pain, I first had to honor its existence. And I think this really stood out to me because I think we just get going, 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 going. We start to invalidate our own experiences in life. And we think that if something's not justified by ourselves or by other people, that it's not worth feeling or looking at, if that makes sense. And I think. I've noticed in the last few years of my life, I've just tried to avoid pain or sadness or fear, even like at all costs. Like the last, I mean, and it's human. Nobody wants to be sad or to lose things or to, again, feel pain. Um, I think that's normal. But I think since COVID, I've noticed a difference. I mean, so many people lost so many different things during that time. And it was a weird experience because we were going through it together and we were all acknowledging it, but we were all having this unique um, encounter or experience in, in losing things to us. And so it was like a shared experience, but it was also such an isolating experience. And then again, we could only see each other on screens and things like that. And I just think I'm just now starting to unpack how that's affected everything. And I, I had it pretty good. I mean, I was just graduating college. The only thing that I lost really besides time with people um, and understanding, obviously, we were all confused on what was happening. The only thing I lost was graduating in person from college, which, to be honest, wasn't the end of the world to me. And so I'm thinking, okay, if this time really impacted me, how much did it impact people who lost their jobs or who lost family members or who lost health or um, all of these things? And so anyways, I started to really notice, especially in the career that I've stepped into, working with nonprofits and things like that, just the impact that COVID had and still has on people, it just seems so heavy sometimes. And I talk about this with my therapist a lot, but I feel things very, very deeply for other people, almost like I have antennas. I can just kind of pick up on the vibe and see what people are feeling. And so I feel really deeply impacted by the fact that a lot of people are not okay and they're not doing well. And it just feels like so much. Like, how can I fix all these things for everybody because I just want everyone to be happy and and find rest and purpose and fulfillment in their life and anyways I'm a cheesy person so like of course i that's like my ultimate goal but I think at the end of the day like I said I've been exploring these topics not only for other people but applying them to myself like what are the things that I have lost and not processed because I thought that I shouldn't like it didn't matter um, because I mean it's a normal part of life to experience change and for things to shift, but that doesn't mean that we didn't have expectations. And I think I've also noticed I tend to spend so much more time questioning why I feel so attached to something or sad or disappointed about something than I do actually honoring and appreciating that something that I loved so much like, for that time being, even if it was just for a season, like, why do I do that to myself? It's almost like a shame or a guilt thing of, well, I shouldn't be grieving this so much. Like, I try to justify it or I try to paint it in a bad light that so that I can detach and just leave it in the past where it was clearly a really significant thing for me at the time. But <coughs> There's those allergies. <laughs> Sorry. I'm leaving this in because I'm trying to be real. Um, but no, I'm like, why do I spend so much time and effort trying to run away from facing the things that I feel or felt than I do actually honoring them and and leaving space for me to just sit in that and recognize this was really significant and this was a big loss for me. I think too, there's this distinction between. These three topics that I've titled this episode. So, I mean, death, grief, and dying things. One is sudden. When something dies or somebody dies, it's all of a sudden, it's this unique experience. It's heartbreaking and gut wrenching and horrible um, because you couldn't prepare for it. And then grief is like this past sort of thing, it's something that almost you're like pulling behind you. As you try to move forward, but it's like this looming cloud. And then dying things is also a really unique experience because you know when when you're whether it's in a relationship or you're at a job or for me in the last year it was at a church, it was like this weird feeling of like something's changing, something's shifting. You almost start the grieving process before something has died or closed the chapter. And like, it's just such a, it's so bizarre because you're in it still, but you've started that grieving process. Anyway, so it's just these three things, these three like categories almost of loss or grief or heartbreak are really all interesting and they are interconnected with each other, but It's just weird. And all of them can be going on at the same time. And I think that that's kind of what was happening to me in the last year of my life. Like the church that I was a part of just all of a sudden no longer existed, yet we knew something was changing and shifting and a million things were going on and we were grieving the loss of certain leaders in the church. And then all of a sudden, like we just weren't a part of that church anymore. And then the school and the church that we were all a part of didn't didn't exist there and had to be moved. And so it was like all three of those things intertwined. And how do you deal with that? And then on top of that, I knew that I was going to move home in a couple months. And so I was like, okay, well, it doesn't super affect me because I'm leaving anyways, but I'm seeing it affect everyone around me. And then trying to also be in that grieving, that premature grieving process of knowing that I'm leaving and having my last moments and times in Phoenix. And then thinking that the day I was going to leave would be in July. And then all of a sudden my apartment's on fire and I have to move home in a week. And so that sudden death there, and it's just like, it's so much. And, and the thing is the things that we go through in life don't have to even be that drastic. Like It was just elevated for me in the last year of my life, but I look back and we are constantly having to grieve the loss of of like unmet expectations. Um, And that's what Brene Browns defines as um, disappointment is unmet expectations. And then further, she says that regret is unmet expectations, but we believe that that was caused by our own decisions which is like a whole added layer of guilt which explains why regret feels awful <laughs> and then she says heartbreak is different because heartbreak is a loss of love and that is like poof dagger to the heart to me heartbreak is in its own freaking category and i just think heartbreak and grief and death and loss are all so intertwined. And like heartbreak can come from all of these different things. Death, rejection, like unrequited love because it's the loss of of love or perceived love even. It's unavoidable like unless we choose to not love at all because essentially heartbreak is caused by by giving your heart to someone or something and that's like a really vulnerable place and that's why it hits us harder than probably anything else is because it requires that like sense of vulnerability from everybody. It's almost like one of those things where in order to feel the highest highs, you have to feel the lowest lows, which sucks. I mean, and and that's why so many people choose to not love at all. Or to I guess to build up walls around themselves. And to be honest, I don't blame them. (laughs) Like I really don't. We always hear people after a breakup and they're like, I'm never doing that again. I am never risking heartbreak again. And then eventually I think a lot of us get to the point where it becomes worth it. A person becomes worth it again. But it's hard. And it takes it takes a lot of healing. So anyways, I think this is just something that I've really been reflecting on lately because I feel like I've finally come to the point where I'm ready to move forward and I almost can't do that. Like I said, that quote in the beginning, you almost can't move forward unless you acknowledge all of the things that actually are, that exist and that happened. And And that's that doesn't mean that you have to deem something as just the worst thing that ever happened. But I mean, the reality is we're human and we have expectations and we're constantly having to readjust and be flexible and and I think it's really important that we give ourselves the space to grieve the things that we've lost, big or small. And I don't even really want to dive into like death as far as people because to me that well, one like I said I'm not qualified and I Although I have experienced that type of loss in my life, I still can't wrap my mind around it. I think that heartbreak is too big and too heavy for me to speak on. Uh, But I think that what I have experienced in the last few years is just the the disappointment that comes with unmet expectations. And I think loss of understanding, too, um that's been a big thing for me is is almost having to completely reorient how i see the world and how i see myself because of experiences that i've gone through and i think part of it is that i didn't have a super strong sense of self or inner thoughts inner voice Um, One, when I was going through those things, not that you can really prepare yourself to experience them perfectly or to get out without any bruises, but I think that I wasn't really prepared to go through the things that I went through. And again, that's not saying that if you do the work, you'll never have any pain or you'll never struggle, but I think now I've seen myself go through hard things and I'm just in a different place. And so I approach them differently and I treat myself differently through them. I think the loss and the grief and the death that I'm speaking about right now is just kind of what comes with life. And the older I get, the more I realize that these things aren't just um, one-off events that happen randomly every now and then. It's almost all intertwined with time, and it's just a part, it's almost a pillar of life. I wish it wasn't, and I don't know why it, these things are, <laughs> but I'm not even going to try and answer that question, because, yeah. But yeah, the more I've, I've tried to accept, like, okay, these things are going to happen, things are going to change, I'm not going to understand sometimes, but where am I going when these things do happen? And how am I processing them? And how am I validating them? So I've had to really come to realize because I've mentioned before, it's, I'm like very much an all or nothing person. But I feel like when it comes to life and lessons and symbolism and what I'm learning and things like that, I'm very much a middle person to really try to focus on the both and of things, that it's not black or white, it's both and it's in the middle. And that's a really complicated p- place to be. Especially when I I think it's just our human nature to seek out answers and to put things in boxes. And I've said that before, but I've noticed that I really struggle with validating things for myself and also understanding that at the same time, other things can be true, that I might have had this experience and felt this way. But that doesn't mean that this person's bad, or that doesn't mean that this experience is all bad and the world sucks and is out to get me. I've really struggled to do that. I tend to err toward the side of like, let's validate everyone else's experience versus mine. I hope that makes sense. And I think it goes back to the idea of having grace for ourselves in the past and looking back and choosing to see ourselves as just doing the best we could at the time. And not feeling shame or guilt for the things that we've done or the way that we've handled things or even the things that we've felt. I think we're so mean to ourselves. I always try to justify and talk myself out of certain feelings when it's like they're there for a reason. And yeah, maybe we don't wanna dwell on it or let it eat us alive, but let's at least acknowledge that that's how you feel. And sometimes it we don't even need to get to the bottom of why we feel that way. It's just a matter of acknowledging that that feeling exists. I think we also tend to talk ourselves out of letting ourselves feel a certain way. Like we tend to think that if we're okay now, then everything is settled from the past. I don't want to say you need to dig up everything and process everything. That's not always true but i think there are certain times when it's really valuable to do that and sometimes we talk ourselves out of it because we're like oh we're fine for example i was i was chatting with a friend the other day and she just was like feeling kind of lost and confused and i mean we were just talking about the last season of her life and and i just was kind of like i think you're grieving as much as your life is really great right now and everything seems amazing I think you probably are grieving the life that you thought you would be living right now because, <laughs> again, although it's great, it's not what you had pictured. And it's not a bad thing, but it's, it's both. It's sad that you built this expectation and you got attached to it and you loved it and you had vision for the future and then were kind of uprooted and thrown into this different scenario and um, different future for yourself. And it's turned out to be amazing. But at the same time, it's almost like part of you is still attached and holding on to where you thought you would be or the life you thought you would live. And I mean, for me personally, I've had to grieve kind of, I mean, I'm 25. I'm not old, (laughs) but I definitely thought when I was younger that I would Be a little bit more settled down, maybe even have a kid by now, which is bizarre to me now. Again, it's both. I'm very thankful that I'm at where I am and that I'm learning things about myself and that I have time to focus on myself before I step into a relationship or having children. That's huge for me. But a couple of years ago, I had a completely different idea for where I would be in my life at 25. And so I have to hold space for that, I guess. I just think so much is changing for me in my life. And the last year has been marked as like a really significant one just because a lot of very significant things happened. But also because I've I've been seeking to understand who I am and who I have been in all of these things and um, who they've kind of shaped me to be. Brene Brown says that this idea of grief kind of encompasses three things as well. Like it encompasses loss, longing, and feeling lost. And so, loss is like, okay, you lost the expectations that you set, what could have been, you lost a sense of normalcy, you lost a relationship, you lost what you thought you understood at the time, and now you're confused. And then there's this longing, which she explains is an involuntary yearning for wholeness for understanding to find meaning, the opportunity to touch something that we've lost, which I think that's, I don't even know how to describe it, but that really resonates with me because I think particularly like when we're thinking about relationships or experiences that were really amazing at the time, we would just do anything to go back and be there, almost like we would understand it better or we would do something differently now with who we are now. And it's so, it's just so interesting that we have that desire to go back, but I think it's all attributes to that, that yearning for understanding. We want to know why, we want to know what all of this means, we want the answers. And then the last one is feeling lost, which is the place that you're in when, like I was saying, you kind of have to reorient your world without something, without something that existed in the past world that you lived in. And that can be really hard, like I said, whether it's big or small, whether it's a person or it's a place or an idea that you had of yourself. We get very attached. And again, it all goes back to this vulnerability. It's brave to love people or to love things, but it comes with that risk. And so anyways, these are just kind of a big Mixing pot of the things that I've been thinking about in the last couple of weeks, I think especially, especially entering into a new year, like I said, I just am reflecting and and kind of taking stock of everything that happened in the last one, and trying to figure out how I can move forward and integrate those things into my life instead of just ignoring them or trying to detach from them or trying to. Talk myself out of this attachment to them, I guess. So, I've written down a couple thoughts that have come to my head when I'm reflecting. The first one, I think this is probably the most important thing that I've learned that grief finds a place in our lives. We don't move on without it. Like, we don't. (laughs) So, you can either choose to try and ignore it and it'll creep up on you and catch up with you, or you can kind of embrace it. And that's not to say you need to walk backwards into the future. You're staring at your grief or past experiences. But I think there's a lightness that comes with carrying it when you acknowledge that it's there, or that it happened. So I just think that's like a very simple way of putting it. It's very powerful to me that grief is one of those things that doesn't go away. And it's normal if it is still affecting you years down the line you know, because we can't move on without it. We're different because of it, because of the loss, because of the heartbreak. And second, something I've learned is you can still grieve good things. I think, I'm trying to think of an example in my own life, but all I can remember is Brene Brown's example is when her kids grew up and they became adults. And while that's amazing, they're thriving and they're finding their autonomy and stepping into their own lives she was grieving the relationship that she once had with all of her kids and so it can be both it can be good like i was saying about my friend you can be doing really well now and still be really sad about things that happened or unmet expectations and i think we need to hold ourselves more accountable to that value because like i said it's it's just easier to be on one side because it's less confusing. Living kind of in the middle again is the harder thing to do and it comes with more questions and sometimes more emotions and confusion. So, the third thing that I wrote down is that everyone's experience is really unique with grief, like I said, but we all share the need for it to be witnessed. And I think that that's something that I've found that has helped me the most in whenever I'm feeling lost, sad, disappointed, heartbroken is that when I bring other people along on the journey and I let them know where I'm at and they just sit with me, um, that's the most powerful thing. Again, we all have our own experiences, but we can try and empathize with each other. And I think there is a common thread in all of it is that like we're all human and we're all searching for the same things at the end of the day. And Um, just having someone to sit with is really powerful. And whenever I'm going through something, I always catch myself trying to connect. You know how when people go through, and I'm totally guilty of this, this is like a no shame, but when something bad happens to them, or they go through something really hard, they tend to talk about it a lot. Well, okay, not everybody, but there's sometimes people who are like sharing so much about it, or it's like, And you know what? I'm just going to use myself as the example because I did that. So when my apartment was on fire or after the fire, I told literally everybody about it. I wasn't trying to get like their sympathy or anything. I think I was just searching for understanding and empathy, not sympathy. But I really almost wanted people to know where I was at. Like, I'm really struggling and this is why. And it's totally justified because my apartment burned down and all these things. And anyways, and I, I think that's like a common thing. People tend to, I don't want to say overshare, but people share a lot with a lot of people what's going on or they reach out. And I think that's honestly one of the healthiest things we can do. So if that's you, that's not something you should feel guilty about. Um, the right people will support you and just sit with you and, and not necessarily always try to point you to like a silver lining, you know, there's a, a really important space that exists right after something or after a loss or during a loss where we're not trying to just move on and get over it. That's all to say like the common thread is not that we all experience it in the same way or we follow the same formula or pattern, but that we all have a need for it to be shared with other people. And I think that that's just how we were created to be as humans. Doing things together and going through things together, and just sitting in that uncomfortable question mark place <laughs> when these things happen, because I think that grief is is one of the worst things that we go through as humans, but it's also one of the most powerful and beautiful ways that we can connect with other humans. So I mean, it kind of makes sense, it goes hand in hand, right? But those are um, some of the <laughs> questions and. Just ideas that I've been wrestling with. I don't know. I'm just taking it one day at a time. And like I said, I think putting value on the things that you experience and the things that you expect and desire even is really, um, it's actually not the worst thing ever that you are holding on to something. I want to be a healthy person, but I also, I don't want to just like gaslight myself. (laughs) Too, you know, like get over it. You shouldn't be still dwelling on this. It's like, okay, well, clearly the amount of time that it's taking me to process this and to grieve it shows how significant it was in my life. And that's important. And who has it made me? And what has it showed me and taught me about myself and how I love and how other people love? And, anyways, I'm just going on, not <laughs> just saying gibberish now, but um, thanks for listening. As always, if you have any. Food for thought and this topic. I would love to hear it, have a conversation about it. I'm sure I'll be touching back on it in six months because I probably will, I will hopefully have some more tools in the tool bag when it comes to this. Not that I will ever have all of the answers, but you know, like I said, one day at a time. Okay, I hope you have a great week, you guys. And my challenge for you is to to be patient with yourself and to place value on the things that you feel or maybe the things that you're finding disappointment in at this time in your life, whatever that may look like or be or whatever's causing it. Just be kind to yourself and rest. (laughs) Okay, that's like a million things. So just do one of those maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I will catch you guys on the next one. Okay, goodbye.